Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the Game Time app now. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. John, before we dive in, quick reminder, everybody. Review this podcast on iTunes, and in your review, leave a question in the mailbag, which we will answer another big mailbag coming next week. Yep. Also, check out a lot of content up on the YouTube page, Haberman and Middlecoff. Uh, content galore, guy. Content galore. You know what we got to do on the YouTube page again soon is we got to do a lot to go live, do a stream, a live stream on the we, YouTube page. We do. We do. Uh, but for now, we got a podcast. Let's go. Middlecoff. Hey, be, hey, I How happy are we? The first thing you said to me when we jumped on was, thank God this Wentz trade didn't happen on a Saturday afternoon. 
NFL you. probably told somebody. <laughs> thank you, Howie and Chris Ballard. I cannot thank you enough for. I'm not even talking Saturday. To me, if this happens on Friday afternoon, if this happens on Wednesday, it's just perfectly timed. It could not be. The timing couldn't be any better, guy. The timing could not be any better. Thursday morning. God, so first Thank of all, you. God bless you guys for thinking about the podcast schedule. Oh, God. When you did this deal. And the second thing I said to you was, have you seen, we actually were having this conversation before we hit record, and then we stopped the conversation so we could have it for the first time here. Where is, I have not yet seen, as of late Thursday morning, the tweet storm of like, you know, Michael Rosenberg or Breer or Peter King or somebody going deep on like the truth of what happened behind the scenes at the Iva Claire. Uh, what's it? What's their facility called? In no, 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 Novacare. Iva Claire is a dental company. Uh, I think Novacare is like similar. I, I think it's like the equivalent of like Sutter Health out there. Oh, okay. You know, something what, that what Carson I, what I think, all his what lunches I, in the parking lot. Yeah, well, what I think you need to get ready for is either uh, Carson Wentz, what went wrong, thread, one slash ten, and then, or this is what I expect, Jeff McClain, who sometimes people with the Eagles goes, I don't know who he's talking to, but everything he's writing is fucking dead on. Like, I, I talk about it all the time. I don't read these think pieces about the Niners of, like, it came down to three guys, and and John Lynch said "fuck," like had the had the dialogue verbatim. Like that's the type piece for, that McLean writes. The dialogue when they're talking the in the draft room or the free agent meetings, it's insane. That's coming, and I would say that's got a shelf life of. I bet he's been working on it for the last couple weeks. I would say within the fourteen day stretch of you and I talking right now, it's coming. Yeah. I, wouldn't shock me like l- into next week, maybe like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday kind of range. You definitely don't put that out on a Saturday. No, you can't let that get, and you got to let this simmer a little bit, mm-hmm. and then kind of come out of left field and let that just germinate. Right? I also think you probably just get some better people once it's done, as it is yeah. now. Now maybe people are willing to talk a little bit more about how we got here. And you might get some of his side. You might just get it all, right? Because right now, people are saying, mom, they're waiting for this thing to happen. They don't want a piece to come out and ruin anything. Like, if you're the Eagles right now, you are not going to be leaking your worst dirt on him, right? You don't want it to come out like, uh, hey, Chris, uh, this is Frank. Did you see this article that came out in the Philadelphia Inquirer? Right. Carson Wentz did what? (laughs) You know? Covered up by the security department at the uh, Eagles? Yeah. Because you're saying because the trade actually isn't real until next month. It's weird. You know, like in the NBA, you're not allowed to tamper, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But in the NFL, none of this is real. So it's this is technically tampering. Like trades can be, I don't even think that nothing's agreed upon, right? At, at any moment, the, it could be announced that the Eagles traded Carson Wentz to the Niners or to the Cardinals. They can do whatever the fuck they want. And the Colts tweeted out a picture the only tweet was just Frank smiling like at the podium. And that was the tweet. So it's like, does anyone care? It's all fake. I'm sure Florio will have some article tomorrow about just how all of this is bullshit. But none of us care. I no, mean, it doesn't cares. bother me. No. I, I do. I, I wonder if we are bound for one of those to happen. I mean, we've seen it before. I remember Emmanuel Sanders had like signed with the Chiefs and then like last second, he actually ended up signing with the Broncos. But a trade, I don't think we've ever had a trade that like 
Diggs for a one. And that comes out in February. And all mm. of a sudden it was like, now Diggs is going somewhere else for a one and a three. Right, right. I wonder if on those phone calls, you basically go, listen, if you if we agree to this right now, the deal is done. If either of us fuck each other, we're never, you know, kind of like a screw you or I, I don't even, but you can't think like that in, in, in a business that like where you just need other teams, you know? Yeah, the scenario would be somebody who has a quarterback right now, that quarterback tears his knee playing pickup basketball and all of a sudden they're willing to offer the Eagles more than the Colts did for Carson Wentz. Yeah, they get in a snowmobiling accident, career over. Yeah. Exactly. Slip on some black ice trying to shovel the driveway. Well, like I, I'm back sorry surgery. if I'm Howie Roseman and like I get a one and two twos, like I'd have to call the Colts back and be like, listen, I mean, I know a deal's a deal, but it's actually not a deal because this is not real. So right. uh see ya. Yeah. Sorry you spent all that time in the Colts playbook, Carson, but you're I do think eventually the more the more younger people, the more like our generation within the next twenty years takes over these leagues. I just think we are dramatically less loyal than previous generations, and you will see stuff like that happen. Yeah, I also think there's got to be some ability to... Uh, like an unwritten rule. Yeah, but a written rule. There's got to be a way to just do the trade, even though you know there's got to be like some trade exceptions or something before free agency begins. I don't yeah, there know. isn't. I, well, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if that were to come about, then I think you would see somebody say, okay, we got to make a rule about how this is going to work. Otherwise, we'll go back to just you can't actually talk to each other until it's actually trade time. I do think it would be a massive deal if we ever had a big fall through, right? Mm-hmm. With a polarizing big name. Right. That would be a Josh McDaniel style. Yeah, then you'd get a sweet story of like how it all fell through. This all did start with Josh McDaniels, by the way, now that I think about it. Did it? Well, yeah, when he backed out of the Colts job. Oh, yeah. But they had already hired his defensive coordinator. He also Peter tried Newland. to get the Eagles. What's job. the guy's name? Your Uberflus. Uberflus, yeah. <laughs> Turned out to be good. Yeah, Uberflus is good. You know, remember he was like in the building for a month just waiting? Yeah, it's just alone. It's like, uh. <laughs> so which defense well, do you guys want me to start working I, on? I, I, I do think he, they had allowed him because Josh is like, we'll hire a couple of your guys. So he's out there like recruiting a quality control guy, a linebacker coach. And all of a sudden, Josh is like, uh, Uberflus. I'm not going to be there. So just like playing wiffle ball in the hallways. <laughs> playing, uh, probably jamming with Ursay. Yeah. Singing songs. Just hanging out. Must have been a fun month. There should be a deep dive on that month. All right. That leads us to all this important stuff. Let's get to it. Carson Wentz got traded to the Indianapolis Colts from the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm trying to hit all the words in the uh, YouTube algorithm. Uh, a, a third round pick and a conditional second. It becomes a first if he plays either 75% of the team snaps or 70% of the Colts snaps. And Nick Foles leads the Colts uh, to the playoffs after a late season acquisition uh, from the Bears. So what do you, what was your first reaction when this trade happened? Would that be Carson's worst nightmare if Absolutely Foles became his backup? Frank's just like, hey, man, just getting the band back together. <laughs> it's like, no, I hated that band. I, I guess the first reaction was... It's hard to be shocked when you something's been out there for it feels like, I mean, it feels like six months. Maybe it's been a month of legit trade talk or when it became real. Uh, you know, I guess it was inevitable that it was going to be the Colts or the Bears. You know, the first thing I think you look at is how much they paid for it. And you just go, clearly his market for a player that is making a ton of money, that was viewed as a, a true franchise, 
quarterback talent guy that could just be a stalwart in the league for 15 years, kind of like uh, you know, you had forwarded, you had texted me the 2017 highlights of when he almost won the MVP, and I, what I think he was is kind of like the modern day Big Ben because he was a little faster, maybe a little skinnier. But this that style of like throwing guys off him and making these you just have like this isn't just gonna work. This guy's gonna dominate. And it's just a yeah, lesson a physical in physical pocket quarterback. Like physical in the pocket, rare. Yeah, and I and, and one of the parallels you'd say to Ben too, I mean, he played at a much smaller school than even Miami of Ohio's division one. I mean, he played in D one double A. That I think sometimes when a guy comes from a school like it's hard to fathom, like, wait, this guy fucking played at North Dakota State? I mean, you and me, we watch Pac-12 schools, Jim Harbaugh's of the world. I mean, I could name you a hundred colleges that would die for a talent like that. It just shows you. And but it uh, also for as fast as you can kind of feel like you're at the mountaintop, he fell, he plummeted, guy, and his career derailed. And now it's you know I think the Colts believe, I think the Colts believe that they're just going to take a, I mean, a risky swing, but not mortgage everything. Right, I think that's just what it kind of says. They're given a second this year, or excuse me, a third this year. So they're just out of pocket this year, a third round pick. That means they still have their first round pick and their second round pick. I think they're going to look at it like, if we can fix this guy, we're going to have their their GM hits on a lot of picks. I can get two good, really good players to go with our already really good roster. And if we can just resurrect this guy's career, we're going to be fucking good this year. right? Yeah, and he, I would say this. I think it's pretty likely that they end up conveying, giving, uh, I love that word when it comes to trades, their first round pick. I've never conveyed anybody $5 for a Gatorade, but they're always, you're always conveying picks. I think it's likely, right? Because I think, and I don't think it guarantees. Did you that see he's what good. the stipulation was? It was like sixty percent of the seventy-five percent of the snaps, or seventy percent of the snaps, and they make the playoffs. I'm pretty okay. sure that those are the stipulations. Gotcha. So it's possible. Tell so me if they you just agree make with this. The, if they just make the playoffs, they're in, or he's got a seventy. If he of the plays seventy percent of the snaps and they make the playoffs, or so if, if he just plays three quarters of the. So snaps. if Nick Foles plays eight of the games, then they'd be in trouble. <laughs> I think it's pretty likely they end up giving up that first pick. Now, we're, it's the, the it's not a guarantee, right, because this guy has dealt with injuries. Um, but I think if you told me the Eagles get the Colts' first pick, I would say, yeah, that's that's expected. It doesn't necessarily mean he's played really well. I think there's a big question, right, about how much he plays. That's one of them. Then there's just the question of does he play well. They don't have any – they're not benching him for Jalen Hurts, or, right? Jacob Eason is not coming in to take over. You don't do this deal – and then six games in, and go. Oh, he's not good enough. We'll move on. Like you're kind of in this for this is a this is a project you're diving into, and the hope is that it'll look better early. But I think the first hope they have is that he's just healthy enough to play 75 percent of the snaps because that's been a, a a major issue for him. I, I'm with you. I think it's pretty low risk for them. I mean, they take on the money, but they're not like the Niners would have had to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo to acquire Carson Wentz. The Colts didn't have to do any of that. I think the pressure now is on the player. You know, I think we look at the Colts and we go, they're well run, they're well coached, they have a ton of good players yeah, on well every built. side of the ball. They have a a good identity of like they nailed. The, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is someone that put him in a lot of DraftKings lineups the second half of the season. That guy every week he looked up, it was like a hundred plus yards, and he just looked awesome. Mike, we're big fans of Michael Pittman. They just they draft well. Their defense is good. Like Carson, the the. Last year, he kind of had an excuse. They had a bunch of injuries or talent, but then Jalen Hurts came in and kind of poo-pooed that. 
Not that they were not as talented as they were three years ago, but clearly they were better than what Carson was doing. But there are no excuses now on this guy. And the one thing that he gets that he didn't get in Philly is a little smaller of a market. Uh, I would say less of a pressure cooker in terms of the animosity. But, I, you know, I, I the only time I've ever spent in Indy was at the Combine. But it's the, the one thing you realize when you go there, they call the, the dome, you know, what it's the dome that Peyton built. Like, football is a very, very big deal there because Peyton made them not a relevant franchise, but a fucking powerhouse. And when you develop a powerhouse franchise, you create these fans that become very, very interested. You and I talk about it sometimes, like with the Warriors. Right, that like you see what the Warriors like the fans talk about and stuff. Like you can tell they're pretty invested, you know, and that's part of just dominating. And Peyton did it, and then they they kind of pulled the Packers. They went straight from Peyton to Luck, and they're like, holy shit! And they, they hit the they hit the lottery, and then in a weird way with the Luck situation, they hit the lottery getting Chris Ballard. Like they they have just been they went from Polian who's in the Hall of Fame to now Ballard. Like they're a pretty high level operation, and. I just think they're the pressure, the animosity is not going to be there, but there, there are a lot of people that that place sold out. Ursay is one of the richer owners because his fucking franchise is a cash cow. So it's not like there's no pressure, right? I mean, they just had rivers who you can say what you want a little over the hill, but he was kind of a, like most people respected him a lot, even if you made fun of some of his picks, but he came there and they won, right? No issues. And Frank, they raved about him. They loved his attitude. So there is like, if you're Michael Pittman or Jonathan Taylor or Quentin Nelson or Darius Leonard, like you just saw for six months, Rivers, who we can debate all along if he's a Hall of Fame player. I would probably say no, but he's a Hall of Fame like competitor, grinder, court, you know, the the what you want in the quarterback. That's who Carson is replacing, right? There are there are some I wouldn't say big shoes, but like the the guys know what it looks like now. Yeah, I especially mean, the younger guys. Definitely a leader, and the time in Philadelphia, I think, makes is appropriate to question whether or not Carson Wentz is a leader. Uh, and Philip Rivers was absolutely a leader. Well, I think the, I think guy the uh, the compensation shows you that the Colts, <laughs> to me, if he had like plus character and all this stuff, they're getting a one. Yeah, the if he had plus character, he would not. Would he be getting traded right now? <laughs> no. I mean, that's the thing. I think we're used to in baseball, like a guy having a career year and hitting 35 home runs and he doesn't do it again. Like historically, that's been kind of a, a career year. It's kind of a baseball thing. A career year for quarterbacks happens, but not. I mean, usually if you're a pretty good quarterback, you're just a pretty good quarterback. You're yeah, it's, not. It's where like, you know, in 1997, I threw 35 touchdowns. And from then on out, I was a below average player. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't. Right. It's. It's too hard to do it over 16 games. And not, like, you can just get hot and hitting in baseball and then lose your confidence or something. I think golf's a little bit like that. It's hard to, like, get the yips at quarterback. Which right? is what it felt like happened to him. Now, I'll say this. He had a... Yeah, a little bit. Last year, he had a career year. His high was really high. His low last year was lower than what his average was, right? To be a 57% passer, that's a significant drop from uh, 64% the year before. 15 touchdowns excuse me, 15 interceptions in 12 games. He had seven picks in 16 games the year before. So I th I do think, and I'm guilty of this too, we talk about him like he had that one irony great is he year. Beat the, irony is he beat the Niners. 
this year. great throw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think to that point, like we talk about him like, yeah, that one great year, but he's been a dog ever since. And we let maybe kind of the way we talk about the whole persona and is he a leader? Is he is he shy away from competition, which is a poor trait? Kind of leak into the fact that the year he just had was significantly worse than any year he's had since 17, right? It was significant. He looks significantly worse. I mean, the three years before 15, it's well, it's hard because here's the other thing. He doesn't play 16 games, which is another yeah. part of the criticism of him, right? He's done did, it Did twice. he play 16? Do you have his, you have his game logs up? Yeah. Did he did he start all six games as a rookie? He did. And then his second year, that was 16. And then 17 is when he was going to win the MVP and he tears his ACL. Yep. The next year, he had the back issue right at the end of the season. Fulce comes in. They win another playoff game. Played only 11 games that year. <laughs> then the next year is, that's 2019, right? Plays a full season. Plays a full season. And actually is really good down the stretch, remember? They make the playoffs. Yep. And gets the concussion. Right in the playoff game against Seattle, so he doesn't, you know. Remember, uh, McCown comes in, and last year, I, you know, he doesn't play 16 games, but he had play, like I think it's fair to say if they hadn't benched him, he was on pace to play 16 games. Right? He hadn't like limped off the field all season long; like he right, was just playing right, right. really shitty. Yeah, which I would say would be a positive if you were looking at the stipulations for him playing, because that would be a concern, and I think the concern bear out on them putting the the playtime percentages. Like if I trade for Deshaun Watson, there's no playtime percentages, right? I trade for Russell Wilson or Derek Carr, no playtime percentage. I think with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, this guy, injuries are part of their story beside anything on the field, like talent-wise or leadership stuff off the field, right? Yeah. It just, can this guy play 16 games? And I think the last two years, he showed that, I don't know if he's overcome it, but like he's durable. Because I give the concussion thing a little bit of a randomness, and last year, but then you got to. Once weird. you start he's getting concussion, he's got so many variables, guy. He's got like, is he a leader? But is he a shitty player? Why do we got to pay him all this money? Like, the, he is a very it's it's one of the more complicated NFL trades I I remember in recent memory. Like, I think we see this a lot in the NBA. Like, guy makes a ton of money. Could he get it back? Is he's not playing as well? He's kind of a character issue. It happens all the time. Because they're kind of divas. Like, it's rare with a quarterback, like, who I think we thought was going to be, like, a Hall of Famer to then throw kind of huge diva potential. Yeah. It's not quite Antonio Brown or anything, but it does have some similarities to some of the shit we've seen over the years with, like, the position players. Yeah, I mean, the question is, is Carson Wentz going to be on the Colts for the next 12 years, or is he going to be on three teams in the next 12 years? If Um, I said Guy Haberman, $1,000 right now. Carson Wentz, Colt, two and a half years over under. Over. I think he's going to be good enough. I don't know if he's going to be great again, but I think he's going to be good enough. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be better than he was last year. I, I, but you and I talked about it. He threw some passes this year that were he threw. I, I, we always, I always go back to he threw this pick, this interception in the end zone against the Bears that was just an idiot, just an awful. I shouldn't say idiotic. It's just an awful decision. I don't. I won't say idiotic unless I've run around and tried to play quarterback in the NFL. But it was an awful decision at an relative awful time to other game. quarterbacks in the NFL. Idiotic. It was just awful, and it happened yeah. repeatedly. Yeah, he, he was terrible. This but year. I, I, I think it's fair to say he was the worst starting quarterback of like the consistent starting quarterbacks this year. But given what they gave up for him, John, they don't need him to be an MVP candidate to make this value worth it, right? You don't get MVP quarterbacks for a third, and I'll even say a first. Let's just say it becomes a first. MVP quarterbacks don't get traded for that. 
Like just guy, solid they, starters get traded for that. They really just need him in a weird way to be like a game manager, maybe a little better at times. That is something he struggles with. Yeah, that's I true. would say when I think Carson, I think a little bit of hero ball. That's true. Yeah. But it's that's like where, it's hard. That's where the Colts are such a unique spot because they have this coach that was there when he was good. Yeah. Frank can kind of pass. I don't want to say legend status, but like he can become a coach that I don't think we quite talk about right now with the elite offensive guy. If all of a sudden they are competing for the one seed and Wentz is balling, his stock skyrockets and the Eagles are going to take a lot of shit. I think, look, they until they nail whatever pick they get from the Colts, they should be taking shit for this whole situation. Because I think the one thing, if you wanted to defend Carson, which you and I don't do a ton of lately, is it's not as if the Eagles have operated. Like, the Colts are have, have now shown for a few years they are in a stable place. The Eagles have been kind of erratic as an organization, right? Yes. So that's not an ideal situation for a player who is not in total control of an organization, whose play doesn't uh, elevate him to the top of the pyramid, whose leadership qualities do not make him the unquestioned leader. Um, so it's it's everybody's responsible, but it you would not say it was the best incubator for him. If I would have told you week one, we're just headed into week one, 2020, that when the season ends, Doug Peterson will be fired and Carson Wentz will be traded. You would have been like, I mean, does like a meteor hit the fucking uh, the link and they can't play for right. a year? Why would and they, they just both need be like, gone? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Especially, I think even now, we look back, Carson got traded. It was bound to happen. Until Goff got traded, this didn't really feel like a real possibility. Even though it probably was cooking, right? Pretty nuts they were both in the same draft, one, two. It's wild. They were back-to-back years, guy. Jameis, Mariota, Goff, Wentz, all different teams. Not no. ideal one two one two. No, but we'll go into this draft believing all the guys are going to be uh, career uh, stars and all the. We do that with every draft. After weeks of uh, speculating, could he be a 49er? What would the cost be? The cost was a third and a conditional second. We've talked about it. So when you saw that deal, the question is, from a Niners perspective, should they have been in on Carson Wentz at that price? They had a, I would say, a unique insider. That has joined that was on their staff two years ago. That left for the Eagles last year and came back to the Niners this year as their quarterback coach. And Rich Skangalaganonia, his name's a hard one to say. Uh, did work at UC Davis where uh, we grew up, but I, I don't think they were interested at all. I, my loose intel would be that they were never serious players. And I think when everything we've talked about with Carson, with the character stuff, which again I. I it was worth the risk to me just because it's there are only so many guys with this much talent coming out in any draft. Like I saw Dave, uh, Greg Cosell told was talking to coward the other day and was like, Justin Herbert is way more physically gifted than Trevor Lawrence. I'm like, and I'm just thinking it's a polarizing statement just because those two names, but one fucking thousand percent. That's a fact. It's not about how good is he? It's just physical gifts, arm strength, athleticism. And I think, to me, the question is, like, who's more physically gifted, Carson Wentz or Justin Herbert? And you might lean Carson, right? Just I'm just talking physical strength, arm strength. If anything, they're equals. They're yeah, both greater than Trevor. So it's like, well, we saw Kyle this year talking about the attributes and the things you need and how, what it takes to win the league. He had to think about it, but once you get this information of the guy that was just there at the low point, I mean, probably has all the sweet stories that I, I just... 
listen, Kyle might be more open-minded now with the character stuff when it comes to just any player, let alone his quarterback. And when I say character stuff, I I don't mean like getting arrested. I just mean, are you a junkie like Peyton Manning? Are you just kind of like Roethlisberger, right? I think he could live with the Roethlisberger in his prime, but you know, I I think I, I just would imagine he had inside information and they weren't that interested. Even for a price that I think when you look at it on the surface, like a third round pick for your starting quarterback isn't that much. Yeah, and and a, and it becomes a first. If I look if let's let's go into an alternate universe. If the 49ers had just done this deal and this conversation was about reacting to the 49ers having just done this deal, you know, we have to separate a little bit our reactions because on one hand, you and I would love it without any caveats. We would love it. It would be interesting, it would be risky. It would be high. It would be um, great reward, potential awful fallout. You're bringing in a really expensive player without a great track record of leadership to a locker room that, as Kyle Uzcheck told us on our podcast, and uh, you might have watched it on YouTube, is a really high, high, high level, unique locker room. Um, it would not be the type of personality you would think, at least his, that, that Kyle Shanahan would want in a quarterback. There'd be a lot of things that would be red flags. And it would feel like the 49ers were taking a risk even bigger than their position would suggest that they should. Because, you know, the Colts didn't have a quarterback other than Jacob Eason, who was their fourth-round pick. And even they said after the season they didn't really know what they had in them, even though we'd been on the team. The 49ers do have a quarterback. That quarterback is cheaper than Carson Wentz. Uh, We know what the cap is. It's 180, and the Niners have a lot of expenses. They got a lot of things they got to figure out. They they don't have cornerback. Basically, their top four corners are. They they've got a lot to do. They got a left tackle. They so it. People talk about their roster being a little more defined than it is. I think. Yeah, because there's like three. You're like, oh, well, you got Kittle, you got you got Debo, you got Ayuk, you got Bosa. You're like, well, we don't have any. We don't have any DBs. We don't have a left tackle. Uh, Our running back situation is a little up in the air. Yeah, it's not a throwing league. What's the problem? Who needs DBs? Yeah. Our so, best defensive player is coming back off a major knee injury. It would have felt in that way like exciting. I think it would I think it would have been riskier for the 49ers to do this than even for the Colts to do it. Um given everything we just said. Uh like the Colts I, I might, I might, I might change the word exciting to eye opening. Because I do think there would be a lot of people that would be like, what the fuck? You know, I don't know if it's a universal excitement. Yeah, well, like, yeah, okay, yeah, e- exciting because there because the w- I even for me, like I'd have some apprehension. Like, well, oh, for sure. But what I'm weird. saying is, there would be at least there would be one part of you would just be pure excitement, like this is great content for us, right? Oh yeah, like from that. That's what I'm saying. So there's that, and then there's um, it would have it would definitely have been a departure from like what we think the 49ers have established as their organizational personality under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Like everything they've talked about and built great football character is what John Lynch has talked about since he got the job. Right. When he says great character, when people say in football character, yeah, they want good guys, but they're really talking about football character. And I think you could Carson's played Carson. It's weird, right? Cause there are things about him that you go, he's a tough SOB, but then there are other things where you go, well, he doesn't, I've said it multiple times. I think it's the best way I can think to say it. There is not a sense that he, thrives in competition not against the other team but a quarterback competition like when he's got to win a job there's not it doesn't feel he doesn't think like whatever i'll go i'm better than that guy i'll go take his job it it doesn't feel that way now it is weird though a lot of guys get drafted second overall that get that much money it's true 
you know, it's that's where I think He's some people push unusual. back. Yep. The Eagles put him in this weird situation with Jalen Hurts this year. Before, there was never a true competition with Foles, but there was the elephant in the room. I think the biggest issue with the guy is... Yeah, I don't think he's comfortable in those situations. And you could argue a lot of guys necessarily aren't, but they just outplay that's, it and figure it out. And we've fair. seen like Alex Smith, who, of course, Aaron Rodgers didn't, you know, balled with Jordan Love. Like he's a baller. Alex Smith, though, they took Patrick Mahomes and like had his best season ever. I think there are questions like, can this guy be coached? Can this guy be pushed? Is this guy a diva? You know, and Kyle is this guy needs to push and coach. Because for a guy from the Midwest, North Dakota, just tough. I would imagine if you walked into North Dakota football offices that, that every single person listening, maybe there's a couple that have like seen it or have a friend that has been there. Most people know nothing about it. It is the Alabama of one double A. I bet if you walked in, you'd be blown away by just the, the pelts on the wall of all Americans of people winning the, you know, the butt Buchanan award and the, uh, whatever the awards are in the one double I used to know them all when I was at Cal Poly. Like they used to, they they win them all. They send a ton of guys to the pros every year, and you'd walk in, you're back. Like, this thing's a football factory where tough guys come from because that's a tough program. And it's weird. Like I think he's kind of mentally weak. Like that's the knock on him right now. It, it, it felt like the moment everything got weird when Jalen started, his camp started leaking trades and fuck Doug and I want out. And it's like, what are you guys doing? It, it felt very NBA player like. Yeah. He feels like an NBA player. Yeah. You know, in, in when I'd say most quarterbacks are just pretty like is there any what's the drama that ever followed guys like Rivers, Breeze, even Eli, besides just bad or good play, right? Manning, Brady, they just fucking show up and play. You don't ever think about them really. And Carson became kind of like this weird anchor like he had to worry about his personality and the person it's like god damn bro we got a fucking we it's just natural on a team i'm gonna have to worry about a couple dbs and i got a wide receiver that's pissed and i gotta my right tackle thinks she's paid like a left i don't worry about you that's why i pay you all this money just figure it out and i and he's like constantly needs to have his uh back rubbed and that is that to me when i think kyle shanahan is a no-fly zone like, yeah. he ain't worried about the quarterback. I think that's why Jimmy's driving him nuts. Well, and I think it's why the Colts probably was easier for them to take that risk because you can say, okay, Frank, if anybody can get to him, it's you, right? You've got some experience. Can you get through to him? You feel maybe for them it's a little less of a risk because of that. But I'd even be like, hey, Frank, do you want to do this? Well, yeah, right? absolutely. But but even Frank should have Frank could have some confidence that, yes, I've I can get through to him. I think a lot of quarterback value relies – it's like the – it's like buying a lottery ticket. It kind of relies on the FOMO. Like, what if this was the one where I could have won $300 million, right? The fear of missing out. I think it's easy. Like, I could say right now, and this would be the way you would think, I think, if you wanted to take this swing is, what are the odds that we look back in three years and the 49ers don't have a franchise quarterback and trading a three and a one for Carson Wentz would have turned out to be a pretty good deal, right? And if you think like that, you go... I mean, you just don't get that this many opportunities. But but the fact is that traded quarterbacks, by and large, are not Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, right? Guys who are in this particular position, I should say. I should go back and look at the number of quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls after being. But traded. I think a lot of quarterbacks that get p- traded for two twos, a one and a two, two three, you know, the the Alex, the Shobs, Stafford's the high end of that. I, I'm not talking about draft day trades. I'm talking about quarterbacks that get traded. Right. And I'm just thinking over the last like decade, 
you know, once upon a time, I think Favre was traded for like a two seconds. It might have been a one. I can't remember. It was like 93. But like a guy that's already in the league that's traded that you think's legit. For the most part, it, those guys are never Brady or Manning. But like Matt Schaub for a five-year span was worth every bit of they gave him up for. Right? You think Andy regrets trading those two twos for Alex Smith? Fuck no. I'm with you. I think more than likely... This guy's probably at minimum on the team for like a half decade, and that means they're probably having some success. And if that's the case, like if they just go to the playoffs three out of the next four years and he's their starting quarterback, th- they paid 60 cents on the dollar, it'll, regardless it'll, what they're paying him. Yeah, all the risk that we spent two weeks talking about will feel will feel like a joke. And the only way it won't look like the Niners screwed up is if they feel confident they have like a legit playoff starting quarterback. Whoever that is, whether they draft the guy, whether it's still Jimmy, they better have a playoff starting quarterback well, because that that's the way it's going to kind of, the cookie's going to crumble if sure. this goes well. But we do have to talk about his money, right, as it relates to them, as we were talking about earlier with their roster. Like part of it, they might think he's got a good chance to be a good quarterback, but they they might also think, but if we take on that salary, how are we supposed to compete when we got to build a team around him? Like, we're yeah, not setting him up for success if we They'd do have that. to cut guys and move guys around. It was easier for the Colts who have the space. They've got an offensive line already built. But right? it is unofficial right now, so, like, it, just because you don't have the space, you could make the trade and then figure it out as you go. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying, if in two years he looks really good, part of the credit for that will be for the Colts, right? We can't—I think what we'll do is we'll look back and go, oh, this is what was going to happen. Well, maybe not. Maybe Frank Reich is the only one that can bring well, it Well, if, if the Niners had just done this, here's what I'd be saying— I bet they franchise tag and trade Trent Williams. I bet they draft a tackle in the top 15. You just it start feel doing like the math. guarantees that they draft a tackle. Yeah. You would just start bang, bang, boom. And that's, you just pivot. And you just, that's the thing with the NFL. I'd say that's definitely different than like the other salary cap basketball. You're kind of stuck once you get to a certain spot. In the NFL, there's so much wiggle room because of the non-guaranteed salaries and how fast that you can just, you know, we're 70 million over. And then three days later, we cut seven guys and now we're 10 million under. <laughs> yeah, and that, just, that, that constantly you, happens. You'd be saying, what will Bill give them for Garoppolo? That's the other thing we'd be saying. Will he give He'd them a third? Yeah, exactly. And then would you use that third with your 12th pick to move up to get, you know, it's like, damn, are they drafting fifth and now they're getting Panay Sewell? You know, all of a sudden you just start can start doing the math, right? Because mm. mm. that, that. that would have been a conversation, hey, could see we ya. do all these things? Now I'm having FOMO, see? Yeah. <laughs> Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With Butcherbox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. Butcherbox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with Butcherbox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. 
And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, Boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code HAM. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over. But hoop season is getting hot, tournament season, or the fight for playoff home court. There's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, Not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but... I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's Download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. The trade effects of Carson getting moved, the draft ripple effect of Carson getting moved, uh, draft position, the Eagles have the sixth pick in the draft. Um, I, it was a couple of days ago. Who was the Eagle? You know all the Philly people well. Who was the Eagles reporter? I sent you the tweet of a couple of days ago that said the Eagles might draft a quarterback at six. Less Less Bowen. Less Bowen. This is legitimate. This is a real. This is you know. This is a Eagles yeah. reporter, right? This guy's in it. Yeah. And when he said it, I thought, damn, I think, I think he might be onto something. Now it could be. There could be more to it, which we can get into, as you and I talked about a couple days ago when I texted you that tweet. But let's just start with that. Are the Eagles a threat, just on the surface, to draft a quarterback at number six? I think it's predicated on what they think of Jalen Hurts. And I, I saw Michael Lombardi. He must have said it on his podcast. It came up on one of my feeds on social media. that They, view, they were telling people in the interview, when they interviewed all these candidates, 
and what I think Michael Lombardi, Patriot guy, Josh probably told him this, they view Jalen Hurts as the experience, I think we talked about it this week, as in 2012, maybe we talked about it off the podcast, I was with the staff, we loved Russell Wilson. And I think, like, you know, in Philly, and, and the Niners do this too, and a, a lot of the good operations do it, view the draft as much as it is about talent acquisition, about a marketplace where you want to pay the proper cost for a player. Even if I love Guy Haberman, the a corner for University of Arizona. Breaking the mold. It hasn't been a white corner since Jason Seahorn or Dustin Fox. And I want to get that guy, but I know, like, I love, he's my favorite player in the draft, but I know that I can get him in the third round. I'm not going to take him in the second. But sometimes when you do that, maybe a dude ahead of you in the third round takes him. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, I should have just taken him when I wanted. So they were telling everyone that they did that with Russell Wilson because it's true, which it led to Nick Foles, which in a weird way kind of worked out, got led him to a Super Bowl, uh, even though he left and came back. If you think that, Right. And let's say, assuming you like him, I, I don't know what, how, I never even asked him, but let's say they like him because he was pretty functional and a lot better than Carson Wentz the second, you know, those last five games. I don't think you, if you view that guy as Russell Wilson, you would not draft a quarterback this year. I think you would give that guy a shot. I'm not saying you don't bring in another quarterback, probably more of a veteran presence, but I don't think you would immediately go draft. You draft a guy six overall, that guy's in 2020. I guess 21 now, especially when it's like, well, who's your, who's your starter? Oh, it's Brian Fitzpatrick or it's Andy Dalton or something. It's Jalen fucking hurts. If you drafted a guy six overall, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, could you go back to the North Dakota state pipeline? Maybe a little I bit. I think uh, you could, but you're right. I mean, it's not nothing. <laughs> It'd be a little weird. Uh, I, I just, I don't think if you view Jalen hurts as your starting quarterback, you can't take a quarterback number six. One, without question, but I think if you that view if, him in the Russell Wilson, like we got a, something here. But if you don't, if you tried it at two, you gave him a shot, you liked it enough to think that, well, okay, if we trade Carson and he's got to be a quarterback, we can deal with that. A rebuilding year, Nick Sirianni, whatever. But if your inclination is that he's not a starting quarterback, my opinion is that you should not allow the fact that you drafted him second last year scare you away from drafting a quarterback sixth overall if if your evaluation a year later is we don't think he's an NFL starter and there's a guy at six we really like. I actually view them more likely to be a prime tr- trade candidate for the Niners, 12 to 6 to come up and get a quarterback, than they would be to draft one of these quarterbacks. Spent everything that just happened, take a deep breath, totally reset what Jalen might lead you to do is be drafting high again. And then, you know, give him a year to be the starter with some of your young nucleus trade back, accumulate what's 12 to six. I mean, it's not inconceivable. It gets you a one next year. Ideally, I think for the Niners, it would be like two twos or something. But, uh, you know, remember when the, it was the Cardinals went to get Josh Rosen, who ironically lasted only one season from 15 to 10. And we kind of, harped on the Raiders for this. It was a third round pick from 15 yeah. to 10. Uh, could the Niners get there for a two and a three? I don't know. I mean, it, well, this would be a cup, but I do think if you were resetting, if you're the Eagles, you know, you get a really good player at 12 and accumulate a bunch of more picks. It's not crazy, especially for a team with some cap issues. You know, I, I, I would view, I actually am excited now if I'm the Niners going into the draft, needing a quarterback. I think there are two potential 
teams that I can get up in the top 10 at six or seven, and that would be the Eagles and the Lions, teams that clearly are taking a huge step back, reassessing some things, kind of bottoming out, and then taking a step the next couple years. I, I Early prediction, if the Niners do draft a quarterback and we'd have more information, like if, if nothing changes, then I would say that's definitely on the table. Obviously, if they get a quarterback, that would change. If they stay with Jimmy Garoppolo heading into the draft, I think we're going to be talking about that until the draft happens. Are they going to draft one of these quarterbacks? I think if they do, they move up to six or seven. Well, and and I'd rather be at six and seven because I think the Lions would be a trade candidate with all these other teams, right? And I, yeah, partly because I think people think Carolina at eight is a candidate to take a quarterback, and you want to get ahead of them potentially because it doesn't feel like eight's going to be a great spot because of what you just described at six and seven. Eight kind of feels to me. Now, you said this the other day, and you're right. Sometimes we think, oh, five guys are going to go in the top eight, and then it's two guys going in the top eight. And people start going, oh, my God, I can get Jamar Chase. I can get Panay Sewell at five. I can, you know, whatever. And non-quarterbacks get drafted and things get pushed down. But the, the possibility also exists that at eight, you're drafting just the guy that's left. Probably more likely than not, there's a couple guys still there at eight, just based on the way the draft historically has gone. Well, but Well, it's not a, it's not out of the realm of possibility, and it seems crazy because we talk about it nonstop, that Sam Darnold and Tua are the starting quarterbacks for the Jets and the Dolphins, right? The team's drafting two and three, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying that if Lawrence goes one, those teams could easily just one team take Panay Sewell and the other team take whoever, right? A pass rusher, a wide receiver. It actually feels like because the quarterbacks are so famous this year, Beside like Panay Sewell and maybe a couple of the wide receivers that are just so famous because two of them played Alabama and the other guy, Jamar Chase, is like, yeah, I'm out. Like, I, I'm going to be a top five pick. None of it matters. We don't, I, I don't feel I have a great feel for like, well, who's the best pass rusher? Who's the best linebacker? We're not even talking about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But so that, that could also influence the draft. You know, who the top, like, I don't know if there are like lock a bunch of sweet position players in the top 10. It doesn't quite feel that way. Right. It but doesn't feel like there are four Panay Sewells at different positions. No. And even there's so, some discussion about whether or not Panay Sewell's the first left tackle, although I still think he will be. Northwestern guy? Yeah, his name. But, but okay, but that's a good thing. If you give me two or three For elite sure. tackles we saw last year, they'll go, fucking the teams have no problem. Haberman hates it, uh, but good teams build powerhouses right. by taking left tackles high. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no doubt. And it's it's something you rare... When you... When you, you it, it's... I'm not saying the Niners did it. It hasn't worked out perfectly. Miss, I mean, yeah, but when you nail it, it's the most obvious pick you could have possibly made and the best pick that you possibly make. Cause these guys play a long time, right? But, but it, but it is a little bit like quarterbacks. It does feel, I mean, you can have a major whiff at tackle, but like quarterbacks, sometimes the better quarterback goes, you know, he's the third quarterback off the board last year. If you redrafted Worfs is 100% the first tackle off the board. Yeah. And then Becton. And remember, both those guys, one went 11, the other guy went 13. All the, the other tackles went high in the in the single digits. It would be flipped. And that's the thing with the draft. Like, at the time, it's like, damn, the, the Browns got so-and-so, the, the Giants got so And they're like, fuck, if we could redo that one, we'd rather have the other guy. And it, it's the same thing with quarterbacks. Like, we talk about it in the Baker Mayfield draft. If you could redo that draft, like, Josh Allen's just going number one to the Browns, Right. And Lamar, and Lamar is the second quarterback off the board, more than likely, depending on it. You know, you'd have to kind of build your offense around him. But, I mean, he's clearly better. Like, Lamar's ran circles around Baker just in terms of success and productivity, right? Yeah. He's a unique player just given his skill set and, like, how you have to build. His stock but, is higher. 
Yeah, he's, he's, you can nitpick him all you want. He's still pretty good. The uh, I think back to your point on the Eagles trading, I think from we know how Roseman loves the draft high, as everybody does, but he he loves it, loves to get elite talent. But to your point, it just might be from a, a value proposition. It might be a really valuable pick if there's three quarterbacks sitting there at six. And he goes, yeah, I'm not drafting one of them. I'd love to take the best whatever other position player available. But I'm waiting. Next year, I got another three coming from the Colts, maybe a one coming from the Colts as well. Why don't I move back and just in 2022, I'll have all these picks that if Jalen Hurts hasn't worked out, I can use a bunch of these picks. I can get even higher than I'll be already if I want to take a quarterback again uh, in 2022. Or not again, but in 2022. So You you agree if you take a quarterback, it immediately makes it a little weird because Jalen's not getting traded. So he's makes just it very in, weird. Yeah, I, I don't but think But they do weird move. things. They drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, and I didn't. I didn't think yeah. it made a lot of sense. So you now just maybe it did make being sense. Weird? Maybe they were preparing yeah. to move on from Carson. But don't you do you, do you like my theory of that though that little being a prime kind of trade up spot for the yeah Niners? because I think the Bengals need to draft at five and help Joey Burrow. I don't know if yeah, he likes being called for Joey, but to me the Bengals are drafting there, uh, and I think we will just have more information with Miami and with uh, the New York over the next month, right? You'd yeah. think. Definitely with the New York, Miami, who knows? That could be kind of... Deshaun Watson could come down to that week, like draft week, right? Yeah, or it might... Who knows? Maybe it doesn't happen until later. Not ideal but, for the Texans, as you've but, said. But, but even if they do trade their pick back and two is involved, they probably would not be drafting a quarterback right there, the Texans, you wouldn't think, but who knows? There's just there's a lot of variables right now that we we'd have to hash out that we just need more information yeah, to have just, any clue. No, they they may not like any of the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's another thing. A lot of these guys are not for sure things, right? None of them are, John. None of them. Where's Atlanta? Four. Atlanta's at four. They could. I mean, they're a candidate to take a quarterback, right? That's why I said Cincinnati. They have a quarterback. You think you might be a candidate to move back, but it feels like they should use that pick. Not crazy that Atlanta could be like, let's just take the best player on the board and try to win this year. Right. Right. Yep. Matt Ryan is, I mean, he's not 40, right? It, well, it actually, thinking about it, it makes more sense for them to do that unless they just happen to love the guy. But if you're going to, I've always thought, and this is where it goes back to Rodgers. It's like, yeah, you want to set up next year, but do you want to, or you want to set up three years from now, but do you want to do it with a high first round pick? Like it's one thing to do it at the end of the first round. When you can't trade back, no one will trade back with you, and you don't have anyone left on your board that's a first-round pick. It's yeah. one thing to do it in the second round. It'd be kind of crazy to do it in the fourth round because part of keeping Matt Ryan around is you think you can win Matt, Matt's kind of right. You know, he's going to be 36 in May. I'm not saying they shouldn't draft a quarterback. I'm but he actually, I mean, dynamic. 65% this year, 28 touchdowns or 26 touchdowns, 11 picks, 4,500 yards. Like, he actually was pretty successful. Their problem was defense. It also does, if you're Arthur Smith, it makes sense just to, for your own job security. You know, it's understandable. You think, like, just let just let it breathe. Let's see what we can do yeah. with Matt Ryan. Let's get a good player. Let's get Jim Arch The Chase. Niners are really hoping a lot of these new cool. coaches do a let it breathe, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, again, hope I think they're hoping that, unless they don't like any of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Maybe they like one, but it happens to be the guy everyone else likes. Zach Will, you know, maybe it's the guy that goes second. Like, you've got you to like a guy a lot. To just draft a guy in the first round, let alone trade up to get him. Like, it's got to be Deshaun Watson. It's got to be Josh yeah. Allen. It's got to be, you know, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think now with that information over the last half decade, 
because clearly you, it can become Josh Rosen, but you have to tell yourself in the draft meeting, do we believe this guy can be that? Right? Not obviously, Patrick, we're not going to get a guy that we're going to pay $450 million, but can he be Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson? He doesn't even have to be Patrick Mahomes, but can he be a superstar quarterback? Because if he can't, then it's not worth it. Yeah. No, because you'll be looking again in three years. Yeah. One question is how does it affect the Raiders in the AFC? This last year, the Colts went 11 and 5, and they were the last team in. Uh, in fact, there were four teams that went 11 and 5 in the AFC. The Dolphins went 10 and 6, the Raiders went 8 and 8 and uh, missed the playoffs. So uh, as it relates to uh, the Raiders and Colts, the Raiders are chasing the Colts. Uh, you don't start next year, obviously, with the wins you had last year, but the Colts are ahead of them in, ter- in terms of development. There's no question. So how do you view what uh, the Colts just did as it relates to the effect it has on on the Raiders' playoff hopes? And I, I think it's we have some unique data because they played each other, right, late in the yeah. season when there was a lot on the line. Right. The Miami game was freakish, right? And I'd say the Raiders are much closer there. And part of that is like, it's Tua, right? And Fitzpatrick, like their quarterback situation. I saw the Colts play the Raiders and they beat the shit out of them. I mean, they they mollywhopped them. It was, you don't belong with us. And and it wasn't like the, Ra- the one player the Raiders definitely were not intimidated or scared of, I'd say over, definitely in our time in the podcast sector, for sure, talking about them. Has been Philip Rivers. Like Philip Rivers has not been a guy, the older Philip Rivers, that dominated the the Oakland Raiders by any means. I would say that Carson Wentz going there, if he can re-get it back, is a problem for the Raiders, given that you go, well, them and the Titans are just better than the Raiders. So that you start factoring in teams like the Raiders aren't winning the division. Because the Chiefs are gonna probably win the division potentially for like the next 10 years. It's just gonna be how do we make a wild card? And you go, well. You didn't play the Ravens last year, but the Ravens are better than you. And now the Colts, I think you just have, if you're a Raider fan, you just root for Carson Wentz to be terrible. You 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 root for him to ruin their franchise. Because if he's just solid, they're better. Than, and you just start doing the math. You're like, God, th- th- there might only be the one spot. Now, they beat the Browns straight up, but I think the Browns team is just more talented. It's just, it's going to be pretty difficult for the Raiders to make the playoffs, guy. Yeah, I think you said it. You hope that he that they just let some poison into their building in Indianapolis and he blows up the fact that they have a pretty buttoned-down, I love using the phrase, a buttoned-down operation. The Browns, with Kevin Stefanski, have become a buttoned-down operation. The Raiders are not a buttoned-down operation. The more, And, and when I say buttoned-down operation, what we're talking about is usually a high-floor team, right? Not a team that's going to have a big swing. Even if they're not great, they might not be terrible. That's what a button-down operation is. Like, they will just have uh, their ducks in a row. They won't make a ton of terrible mistakes. Maybe they won't be super talented, but they're not going to beat themselves, and you're going to have to play well to beat them. The Raiders are have been, a, a, even though offensively with Derek, they looked much better this year. They are just a, a little bit of a roller coaster, and maybe that's a reflection of John Gruden. It's definitely a reflection of, I think, defensive teams can look more buttoned down than teams with bad defenses. Because defensive yeah. teams... Even if they're playing a great quarterback, they can make him look average, even if their quarterbacks you know, can't go toe-to-toe with them. And they're typically in games because it's harder to score on them. Yeah, right? lower-scoring games, which means they're closer games, which means they just look a little better. That's what made the Chargers so weird, is they were not buttoned down, but they were in all of these games, but that was because they had this exceptional quarterback and some exceptional offensive players. Um, they're a wild card in this whole conversation, They're too. a big wild card in this whole thing. Yeah. Because I would say their ceiling is so high, but their floor is pretty low right now just because we don't know what their coach is. 
Yeah, to me, this is where the Raiders have to have a big offseason. Their, their defense is putrid. And they get Gus Bradley. They have to have a pass rush. They need their defensive backs to play better. Their linebacking play has been shitty. Like, to beat these teams, I mean, we're just assume the Chargers are going to be better because it's hard to be as shitty as they were given the talent last year. Like I said, the Colts, the Titans, the Ravens, the Browns, like these teams aren't going anywhere. I, I think we view, like the Browns should be better this year, right? Just a year under Stefanski, a year in the, uh, uh, you know, the offense for Baker. Baker just, he just kind of establishes what he is. Like he's never going to probably, a number one pick, I think he hopes a Hall of Famer. Not going to be him, but he's clearly not as bad, I think, as we thought. It, you know, he, they have a running offense. They're going to be good. The Colts to me, are a little bit of a wild card in the sense of their quarterback, just we don't know how good he is. We know how talented he is, but how good he's going to play. And last year they got, whatever, 23-10 and 10 out of Rivers, but they really kind of won around him. He just kind of managed the ship. Now I think they're hoping, when you make a trade for a guy this talented, that he can be a little bit more of an influencer. Like uh, I know DJ calls it like the tractors and the trailers. You know, they're not going to try to have him carry the franchise right away, but if they can get him rolling again, he has that ability, and if that's the case, then they're just... This is not ideal for the Raiders. Like, I think you would have rather had just the variable go to the Bears, right? And just keep the Colts, like, don't have a quarterback, or maybe they end up with a rookie, and just there's some unknown. Uh, Because the one thing the Colts did have is their head coach, and we've been talking about this, just is comfortable with the player. Uh but it's just you just start looking at the spots, like just go to the playoffs, right? The the Patriots are going to be, or I mean, excuse me, the Chiefs are going to be back in the in the playoffs. The Bills are not going anywhere. The Ravens, the Titans, the Colts, the Browns, like these, it's going to be dip that now the Chargers, like who have more talent on their roster than the Raiders, we don't, but the, we don't know anything about their coach. But I see the Ra- here's the thing with the Raiders, they might not have a good coach. Like seriously, the, John Gruden might not be good. Like, I'd say so far through three years, it's been pretty average at best. Probably to slightly well, but, below. And it's not just the coach. It's, it's the player personnel decisions that he makes that are a part of this, too. Yeah. He's like, a better coach than he is a GM, but he's a really bad GM. Yeah. I I uh, Two things. One, I did not know Daniel Jeremiah used tractors and trailers, but just a Midwestern guy, you know, shout out to the heartland. Two. Is that you or him? Him. Oh. Two. We saw this year. I think he lives four, in San Diego. Well, I know, but he's from Indiana or something. Uh, he is? I think so. Is he not? You know him better than me. Uh, great question. I, I don't I mean, know. He went to App State. He's got to be a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's the real thing. We saw this year, we said it, we're going through the standings. Four teams that won 11 games. The margins are thin. And in this division, the margins will be thin. You play each other this year. Like that game matters this year the Colts and the Raiders will play this year in Indy so uh it's like there's a this is not some like hypothetical like this is a tangible thing did the Colts just get easier or harder to beat I think they got harder to beat even though to your point like it could have the reverse effect on them that's the risk this is why no one wanted Carson Wentz it seemed like because there is this risk that you take on with him but from a game planning standpoint, we we've watched it. Like he can ju- he can be spectacular, even in a bad year. We saw it a couple of times. Beat the Niners, yeah. So it did get harder from that standpoint versus what the unknown was going to be in terms of how talented their quarterback uh, will be in twenty twenty one. I think there's a, there's a double whammy here. There is pressure on. You just drafted a guy twelve overall, and he underperformed. Like you need rugs to take a huge step. 
you need Jacobs to stay healthy and Waller to maintain what he's doing. And and clearly Derek to just keep at least playing what he's been doing, if not slightly better. But the defense guy, your draft picks, which I would imagine are going to be defensive players, they better be the right defensive players because there's going to be pressure on them to succeed next year. And these guys that were bad last year need to improve. I would say they're the pressure on their franchise is a lot of development of like guys, they've invested a ton of different picks in these players that play. And some of them have played well, like Josh Jacobs. He's been fine, but like Jonathan Abrams kind of been a sneaky disaster. So it's like, can Gus Bradley get anything out of this guy? Or did you just waste a pick? Cause if you waste all these picks, these other teams did not. Right. And the, Ra- the Ravens just hired uh, Keith Williams, you know, uh, in my opinion, the best wide receiver coach I've ever been around. And he's worked with Devontae, Tyreek, Sammy Watkins, all these dudes. So I, I, I'm going to f- assume that their wide receivers are going to be better. Yep. And, it's a small and, investment to make in your receivers if you got a coach that coach them up. Yeah, and they're already, but they and they like dumb, with their as he's he, known to the people that know. Yeah, him. As, he's just Devontae's guy. As but their wide receiver, like they were already with their own issues, way better than the Raiders, right? I didn't view the Ravens like they weren't the equals with the Raiders. <laughs> so no. it's just that the Raiders have a long way to go, even though it did feel like they were kind of close last year. But now you look at it, you go, like, it feels like kind of farther away. Yeah, because I think at time because again, we go back to the the unpredictability of if you are an unpredictable team, it makes you feel further away. Yeah. If I know you have a high floor, I go, okay, they'll they'll just be there in the end. I the Raiders were kind of there, but it was only after it's eight and eight was kind of window dressing at the end of how weird it got, right? Well, if you eight tell me that, tell if you tell me the Raiders home. make a wild card, I would say I would imagine then Gus Bradley's would be in contention to be like coordinator of the year, right? Because their defense would have to be dramatically yeah, better because they're probably sure. getting the one thing you start looking at the AFC, we're just listing these teams. Is it crazy to think you got to get to 11 wins again to get the wild card? Like the AFC is not some nine win team. Right is getting in. Well, the ten, tell me this. Ten. Let's go through it. Kansas City. Are they going to be pretty yes. good again next year? Yes. Buffalo. Yes. Pittsburgh. They can slide uh, back a little. Yeah, they can slide back a little, but they're still like their infrastructure and their talent. When they had no quarterback, they went eight and eight, which is what the Raiders just did with a quarterback. Tennessee. They're going to be good. Baltimore. Good. Cleveland. I mean, at worst, solid. Indy. Probably pretty good. So somebody's got to be worse, or you got to be a lot better to be a playoff team. They have, and I didn't mention Miami. Yeah, who I think when we saw them play the Raiders, I know they ended up winning on the freak deal, probably close to equals. But who knows? They have a high draft pick. They have Tua that they could always trade and pivot through. Do they get Deshaun Watson? Well, what if I tell you the Miami Dolphins have Deshaun Watson in three months? Well, yeah, but as long as their defense is significantly better than the Raiders' defense, they can neutralize having a, a quarterback not as good. Yeah, that's why they won 10 games with Fitzpatrick and Tua. So, yeah, you look at this and you go, if you tell me right now the you, the Raiders win nine games, do I think that's in or out? I think it's out. I agree. And that's, you know, and here's the other thing. There's going to be somebody else that happens. Somebody else is going to be Did you say nine Denver. games? I said not. I said if I told you right now the Raiders go nine and seven next year, are they in the playoffs or out of the playoffs? Oh, I, I, my response would be, fuck no. And somebody else is going to win Somebody else is going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, and so if they get to 10, at least they have a chance. But I think, as we saw last year, when you have a really bad defense, it's it's hard to get to 10. Yeah, because all I, the teams I that, that... If you get to 10 wins and you don't make the playoffs, I don't blame you. Like, I don't I, blame no, you I, no, no, no. But my point is, like, it's difficult for them to get to 10. 
as we've seen the last two years, they won seven and eight. Like it's just, that's kind of where they're at. Why should I assume they're going to take some big step? They haven't been able to hit on players. Like you said, the Gruden, the GM has let them down. By the way, John, real quick, shout out to our guy, Brent Brennan, friend of the show, the uh, Lombardi Foundation National Coach of the Year. He won the award, beat out uh, Tom Allen in Indiana, Matt Campbell. Is it Jamie Chadwell at uh, Coastal Carolina? It's a hell of a question. No clue. (laughs) (laughs) He beat BYU this year. Yeah, he did. Coastal. Runs like uh, a spread meets the triple option. So big big win. He he didn't win, John. Brent Brennan, friend of the show, won. You win the Mountain West at San Jose State, that is an incredible accomplishment. I I doubt even a lot of people that listen to that interview quite grasp how impressive that is. They yeah. have, I mean, Boise, Fresno win it, I would imagine, the last 20 years. Boise, San Diego Fresno, State, San Diego State, in. and Nevada would have, they were, those were the only teams. Like the San Jose State, UNL, you ever do it at San Jose State, UNLV, New Mexico, you deserve immediately a Power 5 job, immediately. They hadn't won it, uh, a conference since 91. And he didn't get a job, and in a weird year, you know, might be able to run it back and be really good again, just because it, normally at a place like San Jose State, it's hard to, you know, you have like one shot. But now he's got his quarterback back, who was a great, right, Nick Starkle, who wouldn't otherwise come back because of the free year of eligibility. Well, guy, and he, you look good. You might get some players, too, from transferring in from Power 5 programs. So you win it next year. Let's say you you run it back, or to me, even if you just assuming there's a full season, you go like ten and two. You just have a damn. This guy's winning at San Jose State. Nine, I'm telling Chip, you, it's- Chip, Chip gets fired. How is he not like that personality? Pete Carroll winning at San Jose State, West Coast guy. If he doesn't get UCLA, I'll be. It'll be a. It'll be a national travesty. He is. A, and did you, uh, did you just say he is a UCLA guy? Played there, yeah. New Heisel. So. Um, I might, I got to c- consistently just shoot him a text every once in a while. So when he is at UCLA, <laughs> we can go hang out. <laughs> good idea. Very good idea. The key though, is Sean McDermott messes told me this at the combine, not like about me. I actually didn't even have his number till I saw him at the combine, but just in general, like what it's like winning and losing in the NFL. He's like, well, you know, you can't get too high on wins because you go to your phone and everyone texts you. But when you blow a lead and lose a tough game, like after the playoffs, your phone's empty. So it's like, you got to text after losses, John. That's called. It's like yeah. uh, when the stock market dives and you start buying stock. That's when Ex- you do it. Exactly. Like, oh, uh, you guys will bounce back. When Brent, Brennan, you never text after wins. You only text after losses. I can't right. wait to watch you guys bounce back this week. Go kick their ass in practice. Because you know what, you get law. You get, there's 500 texts when you text after wins. You know, 100. That's that's a pretty good philosophy. Philosophy of the show: text after losses. Yeah, text after losses. All right. On that note, adios. Have a good week, buddy. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. 
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.